Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It is bizarre that they would choose to do that, but that's what the Cowboys are doing. Music a little bit fitting since Chris today has decided to wear sunglasses in the studio. Diva. Well, I didn't decide to wear sunglasses no, in the decided. studio. The studio dictated or necessitated that I put on sunglasses because they remodeled our digs here at Columbus Avenue. And Carlin, right in front of the television screens in our studio, they put these huge bright lights in front of the screen that are projecting off of my forehead Hell like I'm no. some kind of drive-through movie a movie screen. It's absolutely ridiculous. I could not see you clearly. I couldn't see the television screens clearly, so I had to put the sunglasses on. If people are watching us on E Plus on the stream, you can actually see the TV screens through the glare from my sunglasses created by the lights that they put in the studio. Yeah, no. Uh, it's just you know you can say no, but you're not, not you're not sitting in my position. I I have been in that position before, yeah. and it, you're not new to television, and you're not new to this stuff. So yeah. Well, here's the thing: I would assume that the guys that are installing the lights in our studio aren't new to doing this job either. Wow. You know, it's probably not wow. a good idea to put the lights wow. that are supposed to project on the talent right in front of the damn TV screens that the talent uses to watch during our show. You know what this What's pro- the point of the TV screens? You know what this problem is? Relatable. Canty <laughs> and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN What Plus. do you want from me, man? Listen, if you would just tell me that the, the, the shades were because of all the glare off my head, that would be fine. I'd understand it. But that's not the case, I'd buy though. a pair myself. No, I'm not going to do that to you. All right, I'm not going to do that Let's to get you. back to it. The, the bigger problem is in Dallas with the Cowboys. Dak Prescott now supposedly could only miss maybe four weeks after what Jerry Jones had to say this morning. So for more on this, we welcome in former Cowboys quarterback, among other teams, Patriots, Chiefs as well. He is Matt Castle, who joins Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Matt, we appreciate the time. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Well, Matt, first and foremost, when you hear that Jerry Jones is now talking about, oh, maybe it's only four weeks after the surgery, how does that make you feel as a quarterback? Does it make you feel as if maybe they're rushing things along here? I think that's exactly what it is, and it's a lot of optimism to ask for that in four weeks. I'll tell you, in 2018, it was OTAs for me, but I hit my thumb on a helmet, and I dislocated my thumb and had to go get surgery on it. And I'll tell you, it wasn't six weeks until I even got the pins out, let alone we started season three weeks after that. And to think that uh, something – like your thumb for a thrower is the most important part of your hand because it controls the ball and there's atrophy that takes place during that injury. There's swelling, everything else. And so you got to go through the healing process and the the appropriate healing process, especially when you are going to get right back out on that field and take hits and you're going to land on your hands and do all that. The last thing you want to do is rush that injury back as quickly as possible, just because you need your star player and then subject them to possible further injury in which he's going to be out for a longer duration of time. Matt, how big are the issues that the Cowboys are facing beyond Dak Prescott being out for the next several weeks? Well, there's a number of issues, obviously, and I thought that their defense played pretty well last night, but at the same time, it comes down to the offensive unit with obviously some injuries at the, on the offensive line, uh, some injuries at the wide receiver position. They have C.D. Lamb, but they don't have a full stack like they had in years past uh, in terms of just weapons on the outside, and so 
there's a balancing act there, right? They want to get that run game going and with Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard and everything like that. But at the end of the day, I don't think they have the same horses that they've had in the, ha- in the past to go out there and be a dominant offense. And they put a lot of pressure on that quarterback position to perform at a really high level. But unless they get it going, for terms, especially in terms of the protection up front, that's more concerning than anything else. Matt Castle, former NFL quarterback of the Cowboys, Chiefs, of course the Patriots as well as many others. Matt, what about, though, the idea that the Cowboys have a good defense? So when you look at it, is the defense good enough to be able to salvage this season and the offense? Well, they're going to have to be. And you know what? They're going to have to ride that defense for a little bit, and that defense is going to have to step up, especially with Dak Prescott being out. You know, Cooper Cooper Rush is going to step in there, and he's not obviously the same player that Dak Prescott is, but the one start that he had, he did well. He actually was a serviceable, serviceable backup, and now he steps into this situation where – they're going to probably have to simplify some things. They're probably not going to be as dynamic as what they would be in terms of a playbook of how they call the game and what they do. So they're going to have to rely on that run game, rely on good defense, play fundamentally sound on both sides of the ball, but then keep those games close and hopefully put themselves in a position in the fourth quarter of those games to go out and win. Matt, looking at the other quarterback in that Sunday primetime game, Tom Brady, when you hear him talk about recovery at 45 and how his arms is all bruised up, his body's all bruised up, and how he feels a little bit different and how emotionally he's in a different place this season. I mean, what, what do you make of those statements? Remember in the preseason he was talking about how he's 45, he's got a lot of stuff going on. What do you make of Tom Brady saying all these things and being as transparent as he has been? Yeah, it's interesting because usually he's not as transparent, right? He'll, he'll tell you what needs to be said, but really won't let you in. But the fact of the matter is he is 45 years old. So, look, I'm 40 this year, and my body feels a little bit different, but I can't imagine still going out there on Sundays and getting the hell beat out of me and for four quarters and for a 17-game season. And in addition to that, I know, obviously, he's got something going on outside of the building because you otherwise you don't step away for 11 days during training camp. But if anybody can handle it, anybody that understands who he is, is confident with who he is and can go out and play on Sundays and perform, it's Tom Brady. It's not like he's one of these guys that's going to need a ton of reps. And I know that in seasons past, even with the Buccaneers, he's been banged up, hasn't practiced, you know, a full schedule during the week and still been able to go out and perform at a high level. So I'm not concerned about Tom Brady. I just know that, you know, every all of us go through life stuff. And at the end of the day, the football season is a football season, though, and I know he's passionate, loves loves playing football, and we'll do anything he can to be ready to go Sunday. Matt Castle, Pro Bowl quarterback, joining us right now on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Matt, the situation in San Francisco, they bring back Jimmy G after he was basically banished in training camp. How much are teammates going to be starting to look in his direction if Trey Lance continues to falter? Well, I think it's not just teammates, it's coaches, it's everybody. This is a team that could win right now. This is a team that was in the NFC Championship game last year, and that was led by Jimmy Garoppolo. And that shadow is still pretty heavy in that locker room. And I know that he took the pay cut, and I know that they're trying to give confidence to Trey Lance. But at the end of the day, look, I don't know how long it'll, it'll be able to go on and be able to convince guys, particularly those veterans in the locker room, right? It's not so much the younger guys that are there that's grown up with maybe Trey Lance or in year one or two. It's those veteran guys like Trent Brown on the offensive line. When things aren't going well and they, these guys know that they've only got such a small period of time left in their career to go win a championship, then they're going to start wondering, hey, is this guy cut out to do the job? And if he's not performing, 
I don't think that they're going to hesitate at some point to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's just the fact of the matter. This is a performance-based league, and I know that they have a lot of confidence in Trey Lance. But, again, until you go out and prove it day, week in and week out and show your team that you're, you can win ball games for them, then you it's really tough to convince a locker room to stick with somebody, especially those veteran guys, when things aren't going well. Talking with Pro Bowl quarterback Matt Castle on Kenny and Carlin. And, Matt, a lot of the conversation this preseason around the Patriots was about who was going to be calling plays for him. Was it going to be Joe Judge? Was it going to be Matt Patricia? And early on in the regular season, their debut against the Miami Dolphins, it didn't look so great. Matt Jones struggled a little bit. How much of Matt Jones's struggles against that Dolphins defense had to do with some of the uncertainty around the offense and the play calling coming into this year with the departure of Josh McDaniels? Right. You know, there's a lot of moving parts, and it's going to be a process. Anytime you change coordinators, especially a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's one of the premier um, coordinators in our, in our league, then there was going to be some growing pains, and I expected them to struggle a little bit. And, you know, the, the first drive of the game, they went out, they were balanced, they ran the ball well, they completed some passes, and then they took a shot at the end zone to Devontae Parker, and the ball gets tipped up by one of the better cornerbacks in our game with Xavier Howard and mm-hmm. interception. But from that point, there's some communication issues up front with the offensive line not sliding out. They had a free runner on the quarterback stack that creates third and long situations. There's another one where they don't push out all the way to the one single safety rushing, and it's a strip sack resulting in a touchdown. So some of it is not just the play calling. Some of it is the execution on the field. And, you know, we know as players you got to take pride in your execution and you got to know your assignment. And if you're not right on your assignment, then you can call any play you want, but you're not going to be successful. So I'm not – I'm not totally down on them, but at the same time, they've got to be much better in all aspects of that offensive unit to have, be more successful. They got to run the ball better. Than they had a bunch of negative runs in the game, and they, again, they set them up. They were living in third and long the entire first half, and didn't get themselves in the position to be able to convert on a consistent basis. Matt Castle, Pro Bowl quarterback, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Absolutely, fellas. Have a great one. Matt Castle giving you some terrific insight there. And I'll tell you, if you haven't paid attention to how some of the lines have moved on teams, especially the aforementioned Cowboys, after week one, we've got some numbers that you are going to want to hear, my friends. Plus, there is one superstar whose head is clearly not in the game. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Do you miss Canty and Carlin? 
I wanted to make you feel a little bit more comfortable, so I chose to. How's that? Put my sunglasses on. Oh, really? Yes, so okay. that you wouldn't be alone. You know. Yeah, but the lights aren't in your eyes. I got two lights in my eyes here, but they're not—they're not really bothering you because no, you're not trying to look up at the television. Well, no, I mean, the television is do. behind you. I—I kind of do. Whatever. I got two lights in my eyes. I just don't complain about. Did it. anybody ever tell you you look like a New Jersey state trooper with your aviators on? Sir, can I have your license and registration, please? I—I, uh, I, you know, I would give it to you if I had it on me. Right now, I feel very threatened. Sir, get out of the car. Uh, <laughs> you just made me to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I do look like a, a police officer. This is not good. And I have. Those, gotten, those are and, some of the and, most and, terrifying words you could ever say to a black man. Sir, get out of the car. I, <laughs> You're not touching it, that one. I, not, that part of it, I'm not touching. But I will say, I, I'm not touching that. But I will say, I have been told to get out of the car. Yeah. And I could certainly see why. Did you ever push back on getting out of the car? No. No. Okay. No. I no, was cause always... Because, you, know, you know, there is the crowd that will always say, I'm not getting out of my car. You're yes. out of your mind. Yes. And I've always... Un- I-, I could never figure out those kind of people to have that kind of freedom to talk to a law enforcement officer that's pulling you over. I have seen the guy. And when I say I've seen it, I happen to just be in a traffic jam mm. where a guy had gotten pulled over for going into the shoulder... Mm-hmm. On the side, yeah. cop pulls him over, and I'm driving by in this traffic jam. We're not moving. So yeah. I can hear everything out the window, what's being said. And the guy actually used the line that you never use. Do you know who I am? Actually wow. used that line. You can never use that line. And as I found line. out later, he was a state senator. You can never use that line. You cannot use that line. Yeah. And Unless you're a was, state senator, though. No. No, State Senator, the, 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 State Senator got way. in trouble? This was a trooper because it was the New Jersey Turnpike, mm-hmm. and he was not having that. Oh, yeah, the trooper doesn't care about the State No, Senate. no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. My, I'm never disrespectful at all whenever that's a case. You my, my thing, and I learned this in all walks of life. Mm. Just be pleasant. Be pleasant, and maybe some good things will happen. Well, you don't pull the do you know who I am card. You pull the PBA card. That, yes. That's what you pull. Yes, you do. When they ask you for license and registration, uh, but I, but, you make sure you have the PBA not, card under your license yeah, with the registration. I'm not an amateur here. Okay. I, yes. And I have to tell you, it doesn't always work. I'm not somebody, like, if I get caught speeding, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a 90-mile-an-hour guy. Okay. All right? I might hit 80. I might hit 80. Oh, okay. So if I, like, am at a 65, I might hit 80. But... If I get pulled over and I try to slide that in for whatever reason, a couple times, I don't know if it's just, you know, a cop doesn't like the look of me or a trooper, I uh-huh. should say, doesn't like the look of me or a police officer, but it there's been twice where I've had the PBA card and it hasn't worked. Really? Yeah. That so hasn't, now, been, that hasn't even, been my experience. Now I don't even bother. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't even bother. Don't even bother with no. it. No. Okay. I did, get a, I did get one one time where it was... Pulled over and handed him everything. It's like, okay, sir, go a little slower. I really enjoy listening. It's like, oh. I mean, here's the thing. If you would have put on your aviator shades and then handed him the PBA card, he might have felt like you were one of their own. <laughs> I didn't have my aviator shades on. I prefer to my, think of myself as a, a fat goose from Top Gun right now. Like, like goose, if he had still been around and let himself go. You would have been like, okay. You know? Uh, no. 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 Okay. No. no. Probably not. Probably not. By the way, not. these glasses are snug on my head. <laughs>
Do you know what it's the like? Aviator shades don't fit your head. Do you know what it's like? Why do you have sunglasses that don't fit do your you head? What size head do you have? What size head do you have? In a in a fitted cap, I'm seven and three quarters. Yeah, no, I have a size eight and a quarter head. That's not surprising. I know. Okay. But do you know what? It's, it's not just shopping for clothes. It's shopping for hats. You're, you're going to complain to me about shopping for clothes? No, I said it's not just that. Oh, okay. It's hats, sunglasses. You can get a. You turn it up. You can get a seven and three quarters at any lids yeah. or any store like that. You cannot get eight and a quarter. But you can get a flex fit hat. Not that reaches eight and a quarter. Well, get a bucket. One size get fits a bucket, all my Get a ass. bucket hat. <laughs> get a bucket hat then. You get full coverage with the bucket hat, my friend. But the bucket hat is not a good look for me. You Why is it not a good look for you? Because You're bald. Because I look like the neighbor on Home Improvement who is poking <laughs> his head over. <laughs> Mr. Wilson. Yes. That's what I look like. That's oh why gosh. it's not good. Oh, man. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. I don't have a problem with it, though. I don't have a problem with it. I think you should stay with the shades look. The aviators look good on you. Even yeah, though it's very screen. It's, even though it's very state trooper esque, yeah. it looks good on you. I can't see the screen. Okay. So that's I'm gonna I will actually just not complain about it. So you really don't care how I feel then? Uh no, it was a bit. Oh, okay. Canty and Carla needs So it's, it's not real, it's just for the likes. No, absolutely. It's just for the gram. It, no, Got it, it. It's for the show. It's, it's for, for the, the show. Good, good of the show. Kind of like kind of like Russell Wilson walking into the Seahawks Stadium with that prom powder blue tuxedo, right? I did kind of enjoy post-game him having to stand up there wearing that thing. It's ridiculous. Why right? didn't he have a costume change just in case? Here's my losing outfit. I don't understand why he just doesn't <laughs> go up there with the hoodie on. Just go up there with the Broncos hoodie on and say, you know what? We lost the game. I probably shouldn't go up there with this shiny powder blue tuxedo. Oh, he's never going to say that. He's, he's, well, he was he was wrong. You can't show up to the stadium with that kind of outfit and be on the losing side of the game. Yeah, it Especially was a, when Geno Smith is the other starting quarterback. It was a terrible idea. It's an awful idea. Yeah. And whether it, it was his, whether it was Sierra's, it's ridiculous. I'm telling you, Russ tries too hard in too many situations. He tries way too hard. And that's why people regard him as a cornball. When you try hard, that's when you die hard. Well, Quoted by Kanye West. He died hard Although last I don't night. know if Kanye West is the person you want to go around quoting. I mean, with that outfit, I think you're okay. I'm okay with that yeah, one. Honestly, I don't even know if Kanye would wear that. I don't think he would. No, I don't think he would, too. If he had it on, he'd have a mask on to go with it. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We will get to uh, the odds that have dramatically shifted as a result of week one and one superstar that is clearly not with his head in the game, but... We will go to Denver next to get a feel for exactly how Nathaniel Hackett is feeling today. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. If you need to hire fast and hire right, you need Indeed, the number one source for hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest. Sponsor a job, and Indeed will help you attract, interview, and hire candidates fast. With Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Russell Wilson, the Broncos come in here and come up a point short. Not a happier man right now in America than Pete Carroll. Now what Russell had in mind and what Geno Smith, I'm sure, was dreaming about. Geno sidesteps it. Geno keeps moving. Geno throws. Wide open. Gensley. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Seahawks. Not even Nathaniel Hackett's mother could defend that. Maybe his father. Maybe his father. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We head to Denver right now. Former Broncos tackle and host of Orlando and Cecil on 104.3 The Fan out in Denver. He is Orlando Franklin who joins us right now. So, uh, uh, how things going? Uh, things are going well, right? I mean, I, I will tell you guys, guys, I, I know the Broncos lost. I know they lost in a fashion where you're just scratching your head. But here in Broncos country, it's been horrible since Peyton has left with the 11 other starting quarterbacks that we've had to watch at that position. So just seeing Russ go out there, throw for 340 yards, knowing the other factors that's all around it, that no starters got preseason reps, you know, we're feeling optimistic here in Bronco country. Orlando, I know a lot of people spend time focusing on Nathaniel Hackett's game management at the end of Monday Night Football, but I want to ask you about the back-to-back turnovers inside their own five-yard line in late in the third quarter. I thought that was the difference in the game, having those two possessions, having your defense step up and force that fumble against DK Metcalf, only to get zero points out of two trips inside of the five-yard line. What did you see on those possessions that resulted in the Broncos not being able to cash in? Yeah, just frustration. You know, first of all, you're playing in Seattle. You're on the one-yard line. There's no reason to be in shotgun in neither one of those situations. And I get it. They talked about, you know, at the end of the game, Graham Glasgow said, you know, I thought they – I didn't hear the check. I thought that we were running the pass play still. Well, that's on Nathaniel Hackett and his young coaching staff because going in Seattle – and, Chris, I know you've you've played around the league as well. Seattle's the hardest place in in the world to play, in my my opinion. I've played – in Kansas City. Kansas City, we've never had communication issues. In Seattle, there's always communication issues, whether it's in the huddle or at the line of scrimmage. So for Nathaniel Hackett and his young coaching staff to think that they could call in two plays into that huddle, it's just being naive and not understanding the situation. When you get down in the red area, that's normally the loudest part of the field when you're in an opponent's um, territory. So the Broncos should have called one play in the huddle 
and told Russ, hey, if you do not like it, you need to call a timeout in this situation to give these running backs the opportunity to go downhill as well. You should have been under center. And here's the thing that makes it even worse, Orlando. The sprint right option was right there where Cortland Sutton blocking for Jerry Judy. He would have came Scott clean on that one play, instead handing it to Javante Williams, who gets blasted in the backfield thanks to the penetration by Al Woods, and it forces the turnover. But big picture, what's the mood in Denver in terms of the sentiment toward Nathaniel Hackett? Do they believe that he's out over his skis in terms of being the play caller as well as the head coach, knowing it's his first time in both of those roles in the National Football League? Yeah, I, I think there's two blemishes that go on Nathaniel's record from, from yesterday, last night. The fact that, you know, you're, it's fourth and five. You have Russell Wilson, a quarterback that has been known as, for his mobility. Um, you should be in a five-wide situation in that, and you put the ball in the guy that's making the second-highest-paid player in the National Football League in Russell Wilson. You put the ball in his hands instead of kicking that 64-yard field goal. And I think another thing that people are going to be upset about is kind of the mismanagement of the end of the game. Even when you gave the ball back to Seattle, did you think that you had enough timeouts in that situation? Why are you calling timeouts? And it just kind of seemed like, hey, this moment is a little bit too big or he's thinking about a little bit too much that he might have on his plate at that moment. Orlando Franklin, former Broncos tackle and now host of Orlando and C- Orlando and Cecil on 104.3 The Fan out there in Denver. Uh, uh, are fans being rational today about the whole situation at the end of the game or are they just really flat out annoyed at what happened yeah so what i've seen is fans are definitely being rational and optimistic towards this football team but as far as the end of the game and and choosing to kick that that 64 yard field goal a lot of fans are pissed off and rightfully so right there's only been two kickers to hit a 64 yard field goal in the nfl history um, the, the conversion of fourth and five for quarterbacks all last year was at 49%. If you have Russell Wilson, there's a reason why you gave him this money. You have all these other wide receivers, and he's been throwing the ball really well in the game. So Seattle has to honor the fact that you could throw the football in that situation. So I, I think a lot of fans, as far as what's been going on in my Twitter and my social media, a lot of fans are saying, hey, Coach Hackett is young. You know, he'll get it. But at the same time, you know, kicking that field goal is kind of inexcusable, and hopefully he never tries to do that ever again and puts the ball in Russell Wilson's hand in a situation like that. Orlando, appreciate a few minutes. Thanks, Ben. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. You guys have a great day. You too. Orlando Franklin, former Broncos tackle, host of Orlando and Cecil on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. I'm sorry, if it's day one in Denver, I'm somebody that's more prone to be rational, but that one would really set a bad tone and leave a bad taste in my mouth for where things are headed if the coach is going to make that mistake. And what really bothers me about it, he made it very consciously. He made it in a very thought-out fashion. Think about this for a second. Prior to that play, he knew if he didn't get the first down, this is what he was going to do because it was immediately let the clock run. Mm -hmm. because we want to take all the time off the clock we can so after we make this field goal, they only have 20 seconds. That was the thought process, and that is what bothers me. It wasn't just, all right, we're going to do this. No, it was they knew. 
what they were doing. And here's the problem that I have. You're, you're relying on Brandon McManus to kick a 64-yard field goal, which happens to be his career long, but also having the information that in the last six years, the longest Brandon McManus hadn't kicked a field goal over 55 yards outside or away from Mile High Stadium. So, I mean, you have that information as the head coach, and yet you elect to go that route, knowing that you have Russell Wilson, one of the best fourth-quarter quarterbacks in the National Football League's history, that part of the logic just didn't make sense to me. And, Carlin, you talked about it. The analytics folks said that didn't make sense either. To repeat those numbers, over the last 60 years, since 1961, there have been 41 field goals attempted of 64 yards or more. Mm -hmm. Two have been made. Yeah. Two out of 41. That's not great chances. Meanwhile, on the flip side... Fourth and five since the beginning of last season has been converted at a 48% rate. I'm sorry. That is an inexcusable situation for a brand-new head coach. Yeah, let Russ cook instead of letting Russ watch. How about that Canty, at the end of the game? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Still to come, boy, there were some words last night from a superstar that drives home a point that I have been making for about the last week. And as you know, all I really care about is making sure that I'm right. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN Radio. The Let's Go podcast continues to deliver with Tom Brady. And, well, it's not because of Jim Gray, but it is because of Tom Brady. Absolutely. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I've been saying here for the last couple of weeks, this is not the same dude. This is not the same guy. I don't want to... We all know what the speculation is that's going on in his personal life. I don't know what that is that maybe has him thinking differently But he's thinking a lot differently, and I'm just taking it from a football standpoint. I can't help but think that this is not nearly as important to him as it used to be, even though he is out there playing. I I think, in fact, I would go as far as to say this is pure speculation on my part. You think he's, he's right now entirely happy that he chose to come back? Yeah, I think he's all in on the decision to come back and play. And you have to be at 45 years old in order to get your body ready to play week in, week out, Carl. And I remember when I was at the end of my career in year 10, year 11, I would have to get to the stadium five hours before kickoff just to get my body warmed up and take all of the drugs at the prescribed time so I could go out there and play. Like, it's it's a tremendous investment that you have to make in terms of your physical preparedness in order to go out there and play the game once you start getting to that age. And for Tom Brady, he's doing something that we've never seen in the National Football League. He's playing quarterback at his age 45 year. 
So I, I think he's all in on what this season can be. Now, I, don't, I can't tell you what's going to happen after this year, but I certainly see the commitment level because I know what it takes in order to get your body ready to go for a regular season. I'm not saying that he's not going to commit like he needs to. I just don't believe it's as important to him in the grand scheme as it once was. Here he is on the podcast last night. There's no margin of error when you're 45. You know, you take hits and you feel every hit. When you're younger, you have your body's a lot different. And when you're 45, your body changes a lot. So what am I dealing with now? I woke up today going, holy shit. That was a, you know, there was a few hits. And, uh, you know, you look at your arm and you got bruises, you got cuts and you got, you know, the way it is. And you go, okay, how much longer do I want to make this commitment? And I obviously made the commitment for this year and everything's going to be, you know, like always continue to evaluate, you know, all these different aspects of playing. Does that sound like a guy that's excited to play each and every day? That doesn't, he's like, yeah, I made the commitment. Uh-huh. Yeah. In other words, I'm not going to bail on my teammates and I'm going to do the right things here, but this is not the guy of two years ago. No, that's not my read on that at all, Carlin. My read on that is, man, it's damn hard to be able to do this. And on top of that, I got a lot of other moving parts in my personal life. Remember, this was the guy during training camp that says, I'm 45. I got a lot of personal ish going on. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it, it, this but is, this is life like, happening around but, Tom Brady. But doesn't it feel like whatever the personal issues are, they are directly correlated to him coming back to play? I mean, that feels like it's... I I, I don't want to speculate. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't want to speculate. I shouldn't even put it, it that it, way. It, yeah, I don't want to speculate. But it, it's clear it that, feels that way. It's clear that when he stepped away earlier this offseason that it wasn't solely his decision and that this was Giselle, this was the kids, and being around and spending more time with them and trying to help them realize whatever goals that they have for themselves. And then all of a sudden to pivot and do a 180 and go back to football 40 days after you retired, that's a little bit of a challenge. Let's hear a little bit more from Tom about where his love and passion for the game stand right now. Just really feeling intensely my emotions. and I always have that, but I think when you get – close to the end and I don't know exactly where I'm at with that but you know there's no decision to be made and I know you know it's not like I have 10 years left I, I definitely don't have that so all these I just am never going to take for granted it's a love that Kobe had for basketball that Michael Jordan had for it that Tiger Woods had for golf uh, that so many athletes have for the sport and question is how long are you willing to commit with discipline to doing the right things to allow those things to take place over a period of time and that's what guys careers are judged on All I can tell you is this sounds to me like a guy who has been living in indecision here for a while, Mm -hmm. made a decision to walk away, decided, all right, I've gone to enough PTA meetings. We're good there. Let me see about going back. Yeah. Goes back and it's like, holy crap, this does take a lot. This, This really does take a lot. That's what it feels like to me. It's a back and forth kind of thing. Like... It's somebody searching for some answer to a question that he is asking himself right now. Well, Bill Parcells used to always say this. If you're thinking about retirement, you are retired. Yeah. Now, if anybody can buck that, it would be Tom Brady, the greatest football player of all time. But even with that being said, he's 45 years old, Carlin. And after you get beat up in a primetime game against a damn good Dallas defense, after Michael Parsons sacks you twice— it does make you think about some things in terms of your overall football mortality. And I don't blame Tom for that internal struggle, that tug of war that he's dealing with between his personal life and his professional life. I think this is Tom Brady being fully transparent in a way that we've never seen him before. 
But this is also a guy over the last couple of years that's thrown 83 touchdown passes and a guy in 2021 that led the NFL in passing yards. So I'm not going to dismiss Tom Brady, even though the performance from him and that Bucks offense was a little lackluster in comparison to what we've seen them in years past. Okay, now I will say this. As far as where the odds stand now and how they've reacted to, well, let's say the Bucks in week one. Yeah. Dropped from plus 750 to win the Super Bowl to plus 700, or improved, I should say. You said, yeah, improved. I should say improved. Plus 750 to 700, and then Brady for MVP is now plus 1,200. What was it before? I believe I believe that was plus 1,000. So I think it's gotten a little bit longer. Okay. I got A you. little bit Well, longer. here's the thing. The offensive line is a problem, right? And that yeah. was apparent in the game on Sunday night. And that's going to be a work in progress with that interior trio being a new group and also Donovan Smith being out with injury, um, and we'll see what happens on that front. But, I mean, Tom Brady's going to have to navigate more hurdles than he ha- than he's had to in the past couple of years down in Tampa. But if anybody can figure it out, the GOAT can figure it out. Look, you can never, ever, ever doubt Tom Brady, right? Well, at some point, you have to. And I don't think this is Max five years ago jumping off a cliff to say his focus, to me, feels like it's a little bit changed. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.